Hey everybody, this is Mike Novogratz, next with Novo, and I'm here with Amanda Fabiano. Amanda. Amanda, I, like I decided to like make you a little more Italian. Yeah, Amanda. say we are. Uh, <laughs> Amanda came from uh, Fidelity to run our mining practice. Uh, and so, Amanda, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me here and just employed. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's good to be employed in the time of Corona. So tell me about your crypto journey. Yeah, so I started at Fidelity um, and I started working in Bitcoin world back in 2017 and where I actually met so you first. So you were first, a, late, a late convert. I was a late convert. Yeah, I definitely don't own enough Bitcoin. Um, so, you know, we'll get there. But um, I was a late convert. I started working on the education system at Fidelity. So I was leading like the internal, um, we called it a bits and blocks club, which is where we first met when you came as a speaker there, um, which was a lot of fun. And I feel like the world was very different than um, in Bitcoin worlds, in just generally, I guess we could say. Um, so started there, we decided at Fidelity that we wanted to expand our mining operation back in around the same time frame. So worked on that. Um, we purchased machines from different manufacturers. We put them in different locations and really got to start to learn about just the mining ecosystem overall. Um, it is such an important part of Bitcoin that was really overlooked for a while. And so I started to really care more about it and then dig in even more. So why should like the Bitcoiner out there or the, the crypto person out there, why should they understand mining? Why should they care about mining? So there's no Bitcoin without Bitcoin mining, right? Like it's the underlying infrastructure of the entire ecosystem and network. Um, I think that the two biggest areas that don't get gain enough attention is mining and also Bitcoin developers. So miners, you know, people have all these preconceptions about what Bitcoin mining is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's dominated by China. Uh, it's polluting the world. Yep. Uh, Enlighten people a little bit about geography of where miners are located, yep. concentration of miners. Mining has traditionally been centralized in China, um, and we're seeing that start to dissipate and be um, more global. So Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance came out with a survey last year where they interviewed miners um, and asked like where they were, et cetera. And there was about, I think, 6 or 7% of the network in North America, and we're seeing that grow even more. Um, the area of mining that is concentrated in China are, are, are two areas. So there's one, a lot of the pools are based out of China, um, and then two, the mining manufacturing like the people who make the machines are all based out of China. So that's kind of where I would say like the concentration risk is versus like miners. Um, we're seeing more miners be distributed all over the world. So um, popping up in countries like Kazakhstan, Russia, North America, even Venezuela, um, they're all starting to mine more and more Bitcoin. So we're going to go back to Bitcoin Mining 101. We have electricity, we have chips, we have the guys that process the, the mines. Mm -hmm. We have these things called pools. So take us through one by one how mining works. Yeah, so you have the the chips um, or the machines, and those are the application-specific integrated circuit machines. ASICs, they ASICs, call it. ASICs, yes. And the only thing they do is and, mine Bitcoin. And who makes those? So there's a few manufacturers that make them. The biggest one is Bitmain. Um, there's MicroBT. There's Canon and Inosilicon, and then Bitfury, eBang. And so, so these, are, these are chips that are produced specifically for Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining yep. and they are fast as lightning. Yep. Yeah. They're so the more efficient they get, um, the better, the better the odds are for you to win a block. So I buy my chips, yep. then I go to a hosting site or build or my own hosting own. site. Yep. Uh, and I start 
I need electricity. You need really low cost electricity. And right now, what's low cost electricity? So um, there's used been, to be eight cents, ten cents, then it was six cents. What is it now? Right now, you should be around three cents. Three cents. Yeah. So, so we've done some studies. Um, so table stakes is literally three cents. That's where you want to be. Right. Yep. And that's where like your raw cost of electricity. It seems like that's around the the median. Um, Bit Uda did a report. Actually, we worked with them on it when I was at Fidelity, and they. You know, they looked across a lot of different mining companies, and that's where they think the middle ground is. So I buy my chip from mm-hmm. one of those manufacturers. I find a place that gives me three cent mm-hmm. electricity. I pay some fee yep. for them to process. Yep. Yeah. So you pay a hosting fee for them to just pay for their electricity and plug you in. I take my mine and I you con- plug you plug connect it them into to a pool. pool. Yep. So explain yeah, what so, a pool is. So a pool is where miners just pool their hash rate together so that their odds are better of mining Bitcoin. Um, and so it's just like the thing that you're competing is your hash rate against the network hash rate. And the larger your hash rate is, whether that's like just your own machines or with a pool, the more odds you are, the more right. odds you have to win. Right. So this block. takes the randomness out of it, you know. It, uh, it takes a way out of it more than if it was just like a small mining operation. Right. Because the, you would need a lot of computing power to mine one block in a day. And unless you have that, you should always use a pool. So now the pool gets a small fee. What's the pool's fee? So pool's fees have been actually being reduced um, because pools as a standalone service has been changing. So pool fees now can be anywhere from like 0% sometimes, depending on your operation to 2%. Yeah, 0% to go percent. Um, But yeah, so it it depends on how big your operation is, what your relationship is with the pool. But standard is, I'd say, like 1% to 2%. All right, so now after the pool, I get my Bitcoin back and I can keep my Bitcoin or I can sell them for dollars. Yep. Uh, I can do whatever I want with them. And you have these new freshly minted Bitcoin. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful Bitcoins, I love them. Beautiful. All right, and so the economics. I'm spending dollars to buy machines Mm -hmm. or... I guess I could spend Bitcoin to buy machines and to host. When does Bitcoin mining make the most money and when does it lose money? So there's two denominators that you want to think about with Bitcoin uh, mining. So there's price and hash rate. So those two things usually work in parallel with each other. So as Bitcoin price increases, hash rate will follow. because Hash pe- rate is the difficulty of mining a Bitcoin. Hash rate is um, just like the overall network of like all the machines that are on the network, right? So it's just like the amount of power that is being given more, to the Bitcoin So the network. more hash rate goes up, the harder it is to find a That's Bitcoin. That's right, yep. Right. So yeah. you can call it the difficulty. So The difficulty adjusts every two weeks, um, mm-hmm. and then the hash rate is is just like the measure of, of what's out there on the network. Um so when you think about like when is a good time to mine Bitcoin, it is like really at all times because you can mine a Bitcoin lower than you can buy it on on just like the open market. So as long as you're willing to put up money, like the capital cost for machines and for infrastructure or for machines and for co-location, you're going to continuously mine Bitcoin below the cost that you can buy it on the network. And so what now, right, we're seeing, we're seeing tons of people wanting to come into the mining space. Yeah, because it's a bull market. Because it's a bull market. <laughs> and it's hard to get in Bitcoin mining, A, because Bitcoin's already moved, but yep. it's also hard because you can't get the chips. Yeah, so, so talk the, a little bit about that. Yeah, the supply chain constraints at the um, ASIC level has been real. Um, and a lot real since we started doing this. So um, when we, when I came over here in October, we had ordered machines. And the timing was right because now that as the Bitcoin price is continuing to grow and everyone is really interested in, in mining, um, there's you know a few things that are going on. One, people are putting up large orders. So a lot of like the public mining companies have announced that they're like buying a ridiculous amount of machines over the course of the next year. Um, two, you have companies with large balance sheets getting into Bitcoin mining, um, like 
seeing the value in it. And then three, you have, you know, companies that have been mining Bitcoin for a while that now have, as Bitcoin price goes up, they have more money to purchase machines. So I think those three things have created this like perfect so storm. classic commodity cycles. Yep. Price goes up, everyone jumps in. Yep. Then there's too many people trying to do the same thing and price goes down. Um, not necessarily of Bitcoin itself, yep. but of the profitability of mining. And that, well, would be that would be the classic cycle. Yeah, so the Bitcoin, Bitcoin price, it's Bitcoin price and hash rate that you care about, right? Um, so right now miners are super profitable. It's a great time to be right, a Bitcoin because miner. We've just moved price yep. of Bitcoin way up and all the new machines that have been ordered aren't plugged in yet. Yeah, they're starting to go online now. You can see the hash rate increasing, but So hash rates should spike like crazy. I think that we'll see a steady incline of hash rate over the next year because we are sold out of machines. So if I had a machine today, brand new mm -hmm. machine, I plugged it in, I had three cent power, You're doing I paid good. a normal hosting fee, mm -hmm. uh roughly what dollar amount am I mining a Bitcoin at? So um, let's see. That's a really good question because it, it, it's all about your operation. Um, I think that you can mine a Bitcoin around like, I don't, I'd have to look at our models, right? But maybe like around like six to eight K wow. maybe right now. So we should be mining like insane, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Yeah, the hardest thing is is like we're, to get back to like the supply chain of the ASICs, like that is the hardest thing because there's a handful of people who own um, like producing these machines and they're all dependent on the foundry and there's only really like two foundries in the world that produce produce the integrated circuits. TSMC? For these, TSMC and Samsung. Right. And so, you know, we think about like mining and this is like my whole world, but if you zoom out, TSMC makes makes like computers for Apple, right? They make like all different types of things for much larger companies than like the companies in the world that we live in. We're understanding how mining works. Mm -hmm. We're understanding why it's hot right now, why the mining stocks are going high because there's not a lot of people buy them as Bitcoin proxies and mining yeah. is going up. There's not a lot, to, not a lot of supply. Um, you know, e ESG, people mm -hmm. want a green world. We're sick of all the pollution. Uh, you know, you got coal mining plants, you yep. know, mining Bitcoin. Uh What's Bitcoin's answer to ESG? So Bitcoin miners are actually incentivized to use renewable energy because the cost of production is lower. And I think that that is really the way to go. One interesting area that has been popping up in mining in Bitcoin um, has been like this like oil and gas production Start, like excess oil and gas where the methane is flared, um, you can capture that and use that energy to mine Bitcoin. So that's like one really cool area that companies like Crusoe, Upstream Data, GAM are, are all solving for. Um, there's also like the layer ones and hodl ranches that are using the Texas energy grid um, and like the load balancing management to take advantage of the low cost of electricity. Right. What One thing that's interesting is you don't need that constant source of electricity. No, no, you don't. And so you can go to places in green energy where it doesn't work perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can take advantage of turning off your machines because you can power down a mine in like five minutes. Got it. It's just turning off all of your machines and so how putting did, them back on. Like, did you ever think you were going to become a miner? I went to school for criminal justice, um, which is shocking. I started at Fidelity in like workplace investments. Um, then I switched into our Sorry Center about those for people Applied. that take your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, and then I switched to um, Fidelity Center for Applied Technology. And it really just was this just the shift of me like being like, hmm, what's this Bitcoin thing? And then it just fell in my lap. And then mining was so weird 
that I just had to know more about it. And mining, there's some like crazy stories that exist in mining and I just find them all fascinating. So what's Galaxy going to do in mining? Why are you here? And what are your plans? So yeah, that's that's a good question too. Um, we're just getting started. I guess so I should know like, since I'm your boss. Yeah, you should know that. <laughs> I, want we'll know. I want the audience to know. I want the audience to know what we're going to do in mining. So I think that there's um, a lack of financial tools available for miners in the space right now. So we know that all miners are constantly looking for capital uh, because it is this highly capital intensive business. But if we think about what mining is, you really are printing Bitcoin. So we should be creating more robust financial tools for miners to be able to be smarter with their money. Um, we're going to be mining on our own, which we already are. Awesome. Um, because I don't think that we should, we shouldn't be creating financial tools unless we are a miner and understand the needs and desires that miners have. So we're building up our own mining operations, which we I are. think is great. Yep. We're lending money to miners. Yep. My, we're doing MyFi. MyFi. Who, 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 who came up with MyFi? That's that? a Ferraro special right Chris there. Chris Ferraro, yep. we'll give him credit. MyFi, I like that. Uh, derivatives. So we're going to offer a, a full suite of products to miners that will utilize all of Galaxy's current potentials. Right. So like spot and options. Yep. And how many potential counterparties for a company like Galaxy are there in mining? So I like <sighs> real substantial mining operations, both in North America and then abroad. So we've um, since we've started this business unit, we've talked to over fifty-five different companies right. just to learn what they're doing, and they they run the full gambit of 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 from ASIC manufacturers to energy producers to energy providers to um, actual co-locations to people who run their own mine proprietarily. I think that there is a ridiculous amount of people um, that are working on mining. And what's a big great. what's a big mine? A gigawatt, like what Hoddle Ranch is building. <laughs> a gigawatt. Yeah, I think right. that's a huge mine. And, and what's the? I think realistically, people are around like probably like thirty to fifty megawatts. Like that would be big right now. Um, and I think that you know we we see people at all different sizes, and it doesn't mean that they'll last or not last based on their size. It's really about their operational cost. Right, you drive your operational costs low enough, even yep. in tough times, it puts the other people out of business. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. What else do you want to tell the audience about mining? Um, you love mining. I have I not do. met anybody in my life that likes Bitcoin mining as much as Amanda. It's just so cool and weird at the same time. It's awesome. So yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to like zoom out and talk about mining at like a one-on-one level um, because we're we've been so focused on it. Um, the cool thing about mining is it's like its own little ecosystem. What's it like <laughs> to be a woman in in crypto? Right when I just as as a Data point, I have a lot of Twitter followers. And when I look at like who who follows me on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's eighty-five percent men and fifteen percent women. Did you I mean do, do you I'm find- a pretty I'm a pretty fiery person to begin with, so yes, I don't really are. have any issues. Um I think that, you know, sometimes it would be nice to have a different perspective. Um, and, and women bring a different perspective in. So, like, our mining team is 50-50 at Galaxy. We have half women, half men. We're going for diversity at Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I tell you what, we spent a lot of time thinking about it. It is not easy in a space like crypto. Yeah. Uh, but we are working on it. Yep, and I think that, you know, we there's also an option for us to skill people up in the space, too, and it doesn't have to have, like, mining specifically, you don't have to have an MBA, you don't have to have this like unbelievable background. You just have to be super passionate and knowledgeable about Bitcoin. And so I think that like this space in particular is something that we can we can really just look for a different a different crowd that isn't like the the, the all female mining team. There oh, they go. Man, and then we're gonna that. give you hats. <laughs> and we're gonna hats. do a poster. <laughs> <laughs> what do your parents think about this? 
my mom has literally no idea what I do. I, you know, it's funny. I actually gave Frank at the block an idea that on Thanksgiving he should interview um, people with their parents and say, like, what is Bitcoin? Because I thought it would be such, like, a funny, like, little parody because I don't think anyone's parents fully understand what they do. So one of my friends- My mom knows when she sees the she price does. go up, she calls me and says, good job, good job. <laughs> That's so funny. My mom's like, I have no idea what you do, but I'm very proud of you. I'm like, thanks, mom. Um, my other friend, Josh, his grandmother thinks he works at the Bitcoin company, which is like my favorite thing. He's like, how's the Bitcoin company doing? You know, <laughs> just, it's great. Um, it's doing well. Yeah, it's we're doing great. Uh, stock is up. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's difficult to, to talk about what you do, but I do remind my family all the time at the price that I told them to buy Bitcoin at and then the price that we're at. But they haven't caught on yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends that look at me and they get mad because like, why did you tell me? I was like, dude, I've been on TV for seven straight years <laughs> yeah. telling people to buy Bitcoin. Like how else could I tell <laughs> why you? didn't you tell me? I was like, oh, <laughs> fair point. But I saw you, um, you joined Clubhouse. And you were telling like a lot of people about Bitcoin. I have been trying to reach new audiences. Yeah, Clubhouse and, is like a fascinating place. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very surprised at how many people join these calls and then they have like very smart questions and just are genuinely curious about the space. So I think that we're seeing an uptick in this bull market, uh, like obviously institutional, like we talked about, but retail and a different type of retail, which is great. Awesome. Last question. We are in a book Bitcoin bull market. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gone. I got a tattoo at twenty thousand. Yeah, and we're already at, and we're already at forty. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my kids said, "Dad, what do you get your next tattoo?" And I said, "At five hundred on my arm." What will um, it be? <laughs> oh, a big dragon. Oh, I was born in the year of the dragon. Okay, nineteen sixty four. Uh, the next year, of the dragon is twenty twenty four, and I decided it's right about the time we should hit five hundred thousand Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which is what Bitcoin will be roughly the same size as gold's market cap. And so 2024, drag it on the arm. I like it. Maybe 2023 if things keep going at this pace. Um, what do you think? Is this chapter one? Is this chapter 10? Are you worried that we're in a bubble or? We're not in a bubble. Not in a bubble. No, we're just not in a started. bubble. I think we're just getting started. The influx of institutional capital that has been continuing to be like thrown into Bitcoin, I think, will keep this the price relatively steady. I think the last bull run, it was primarily driven by retail. Um, and this one just is like smarter money. So I don't think And we're going to see down. institutional capital come into the mining space pretty quick is my intuition. I hope so. I mean, it's like the easiest way to get Bitcoin if you know the right person to figure it out for All you. All right. Amanda, thanks a ton. Thanks for having this me, This has Mike. been Next with Novo, talking about Bitcoin mining. We'll see you soon. <laughs>